Good morning. This is Tony Scott on the Pizza Pod. Today we bring in Lakeville North head coach Jake Taylor. We'll learn about Jake's youth career, his influences in hockey, including his dad's state championship, Rochester John Marshall, uh, his path through college and professional hockey, learn a little bit about him personally, and we'll learn about his coaching career in the past, future, and this season's team with the Lakeville North Panthers. Hope you enjoy today's show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Just so everybody knows, if you tuned into our uh, high school hockey fall podcast and we're hoping to hear Jake, uh, due to technical difficulties, that never happened. We did actually pod, didn't we? We talked for 15 minutes. Thank you. Yep, for sure. And I got to Duluth and was producing it, and the pod I brought with me was not with me, so I promised Jake a a full hour. And actually, I said that during our either pre-pod or during, I'm like, we should do an hour because there's so much meat in the bone here. And I'm thinking we're going to talk Gophers and Green Bay with Osiki like we did the last time. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Your dad played for the 77 state championship team? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, open up the Christmas presents. For sure. Especially, uh, you know, for a uh, kid growing up in Rochester, that that's kind of the team, right? That's the only team that's ever won a state championship out of our town. And uh, growing up, it was kind of a, it was kind of a big deal. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. So many cool stories. Obviously, first first and only five hundred seven team to win a title, um, but so much, so many great players. You told me fourteen Division One players on that team. Yeah, it was thirteen or fourteen. Which I I can name a handful just off the top of my head, but you know this these are all your dad's contemporaries. So I bet you know these guys as kind of uncles too, right? From oh yeah, around the rink or reunions or maybe even coaching with or something like that too, right? Yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, a lot of those guys were in my life in some way, either my dad's friends or you know were coaching or whatever it was. So. I mean, pretty fortunate for a young athlete to have, you know, some guys like that hanging around. When you were just, whatever, watching media or around a rink or whatever, and that year comes up, 1977, you're watching a, you know, a reunion, a state tournament, whatever, you just hear that. You must kind of brim with a little bit of pride of how cool that was for your family and your dad. Oh, for sure. And I think it's... You know, that's something that you have pride in just by being a Rochester guy. Yeah. You know, of like, hey, this is a big deal. And and, um, and then, you know, being the, the personal connection of having my dad be on the team. Yeah. Know, it's, it's, a, it's a really, it was a really cool deal. We talked before the show um, and I was comparing. Uh, it, it, I was almost sitting in the exact same spot. I was uh, St. Paul Civic Center nosebleed seats with my brother and his varsity hockey buddies watching the game um and then watching the Duluth East beat Edina uh in 15 the year you guys went 31 and 0 and you guys yeah. were obviously in the building taking that whole thing in it was that kind of 
just to give you a comparison, because you weren't there, obviously. Yeah. It was that type of electricity when they beat Edina in that state final. The place just erupted. And yeah. you've seen the footage of Lisi dancing across the ice after the empty netter. And yeah. it's, it was unbelievable. What are your, what, what's your dad's takeaway now that he's a little bit older in life about that? I mean, is, he, is he tired of it or does he never get tired of talking about it? Well, I think it's cool. It's, uh, you know, something that we would say to uh, kids that we coach, and especially that team in, in 15, we've been able to kind of see it. But, you know, the, the thing is what my dad talked about all the time was like that winning that tournament linked those guys together for life. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they even at the state tournament now, they'll get together, you know, whatever it is, every five years yep. and um, play golf together and do a bunch of trips. And, you know, so it's like even though they, they went off and did their own things after that, they have this this common bond that has kind of linked them for their whole life. So, and I'm sure you guys have that with the 2015 crew. Yeah. Exactly. Weddings are coming up here pretty soon and all that sure. can happen. Right. For sure. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy that uh, a high school hockey game, you know, our team can do that, but I mean, just growing up or being in Minnesota with how awesome the state tournament is. I mean, if you have the ability to win that thing, you know, it's a, it's a total it's, like link, you know, that kind of link for the rest of your life with those guys. It's the old thing. Uh, uh, Neil Broughton said he would trade his gold medal for a state high school hockey championship. Yeah. <laughs> like, most people are like, come on, that's far-fetched. It's really not that far-fetched when you think about it when you grew up in Roseau or whatever. You grew up yeah. wherever you and you play with your guys and, and you go there and win it and you're linked, like you said. That's a cool take. I like that. Um, okay, so you played. And the, the fun part about these exercises, doing these pods, is actually the hour that leads up to it to learn all the stuff I get to learn. And yeah. and you were quite – your Rochester crew with Stuart and these guys guys was a really good team i mean you guys really did well we won a A state title i'm gonna go back and check my notes here yep. A state title and new hope yeah right you won a vfw bantam championship in alex yep and you beat brooklyn park in international falls yep. and this is by far the coolest part of the uh the thing that dropped me almost to the floor is when you played in the bantam state tournament Bronco Nagurski was still alive. Yeah. And you guys got, he came out and made an appearance or something? He, or? Yeah, he did like a ceremonial puck drop or whatever, <laughs> you know, for the first game, um, but which was awesome. I mean, it was, you know, it was cool. Then obviously later in my life, I got to be uh, friends with his grandson, Chris, and, and uh, played with him in Green Bay. And, you know, so it just, the, the hockey community in Minnesota is so tiny. Um, you know, but, it, but yeah, what an experience for a, you may not know this. It's an interesting story. I was doing some research. Um, it was like some birthday of some guy and it was Tim Sheehy. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Tim Sheehy. Yeah. He's pretty highly ranked in that Lauren Nelson top 100. Yeah. What makes him so special? I'm reading this thing like, Oh, some silver medalist and this and all this stuff. And I was like, and then right at the bottom, right at the bottom, like one sentence is the nephew of Bronco Nagurski. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that is interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's such a small, small world. For sure. And how this all works. And we go back to Nagurski, and you know his, his grandson. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's just crazy. Crazy. All right. So, any memories of your youth? You, you, you brought up a few of the, this blue line that you had with Mark Stewart and Bryce Lapman. Yeah. It was just, that was probably what what pushed the uh, the agenda for your squads every year. For sure. And I think, you know, kind of linking it to my dad's uh, high school team to it, there's always been this thing in, with Rochester teams, right, that you maybe not 
you don't get a lot of credit as far as like you got the Iron Range and you got the Metro and then right. you, know, you kind of got this Southern Minnesota thing, which can kind of be cast aside sometimes. So I think, you know, when we were growing up, it was like, hey, we can kind of see that we got a good thing here. Yeah. And then, you know, having the guys that were coaching us, two, a couple of them being on that state championship, John Marshall team, it was like, Who hey. was the other one? You said a couple. Uh, so my uh, my dad and then uh, I guess the other guys were just kind of around it. You okay, know, got whatever. it. But they so, had lived it. But right? they had lived it, yeah. And, you know, so I think what it was is they, they allowed us to think, like, hey, this is possible for good hockey players and good teams to come out of here. You right. Know? And, uh, and then, you know, so – to couple that with guys like Marky Stewart and Bryce Lampman and, you know, the, the youth teams I played on were, were stacked. The guys were, you know, went off to play college baseball and all these other things and, you know, right. hockey and whatever. So we got, we got pretty lucky that we had this group kind of come up together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience. Let me ask you, do you think there's a no respect thing? Did you guys play off the no respect? Like, no Big one time. respects us, I'm sure. I Big mean, time. not necessarily that they say it, but did you feel it? Did they say it, or did you just feel that you had, weren't getting respect? Uh, uh, probably both. Yeah. Uh, and it maybe it was something that we might even have made a bigger deal than it actually was. Yeah. But it, but it was kind of our rally cry, right? Like, we loved coming up to the cities, and uh, especially, like, in our Bantam years, we would play in two tournaments at one time. Really, and it was like this concept of like Get load them up can, and let's right? let's let them know how you know what we're actually about down here. Well, load them up. We got to go back to your dad's state title, and we can be a little bit PG thirteen for just a minute because yep. it's such a good story, and it, and it, it, it kind of has some life lessons lessons there. That seventy seven team. This is something that I didn't know until you shared it with me. Uh, they had hats that said WFO. Yeah. On public television one of the players was interviewed and asked what's the wfo stand for and what did it say he said uh we're fairly optimistic (laughs) (laughs) yeah but what did it really say you can leave you can use your imagination what the f stands for what did it what did it really stand for yeah so for that team it stands for wide effing open right which is awesome yeah so it was kind of absolutely awesome yeah and it's like more of that you know like take the governor off and just let it rip and I'm already building a team right now. Right when you said that, I'm like, I want to go build a team because I'm going to make WFO hats for these yeah. kids because they that's the best way to play. Yeah. That's the best way to fun. That's what kids want to play. They don't want to play in a lockdown system where you're trapping on the blue line. And, I mean, sure, it is an effective way to win. And and, and my good buddy uh, Mike Randolph will, will impart this knowledge on me. But at the end of the day, you want to you go pound somebody and beat them eight to one, don't you? Yeah, I mean, the rawness of the game, right, of, like, just drop the puck and see who's better. Yes. There's something to that that makes hockey awesome. You know, I I do feel that it it is the ultimate team sport. You know, you can have – you can have some really good players and you can – but if it doesn't come together right, it, it's kind of a mess, you know. So yeah. that's the, the rawness of the game of, like, all right, systems aside, let's just freaking get after go. it and see yeah, what happens. Let, let's go. All right. Yeah. All right. So through your youth career, you had a, a, a pretty nice youth career. Um, played at Lourdes until you were a junior and then went to Green Bay yep. and played for Mark Osiki. Uh 
is he like one of your first coaching mentors that wasn't your dad? Is this is this a guy that you're like, okay, this is a guy I could I could see myself being him someday? Did you see that? Because you are For sure. in some way mentoring. He was mentoring eighteen to twenty year olds. You're mentoring sixteen to eighteen year olds. Did you see that when you were there, or do you just think this is a guy who's giving you playing time? Well, I think it was kind of twofold with him because you know the the first part of it was uh, up until when uh, Marky Stewart went to go play at Ann Arbor. The, the thought of playing hockey outside of high school hockey in Rochester was kind of a correct, you know, it didn't really seem like it was a reality. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, coach Osiki comes uh, knocking and says, Hey, we, we think that you're a pretty good player. We'd like for you to come play for us next year. So I think not only did the confidence of like, Hey, this is actually something that I, I might be able to do. Right. Um, and then when I actually went and played for him, you know, I think the, the cool thing about him was he was such a um, great defensive, positional-minded guy yeah. that he was able to to teach us stuff that you know uh, we were able to take out of there and use for the rest of our career. So, so two years at, at Green Bay, you had a, a list of guys that you played with that that obviously went on to play at, at in the NHL level. Yeah. Who were some of those guys you played with? Yeah, so my first year there, um, our decor alone uh, with Nate Gannon and and uh, Matt Green, um, you know, and then myself and a couple other guys we played with, we had some big, big dudes. Big, Matt Green's huge. Yeah, so we had some fun, you know, with some teams coming into uh, Old Brown County. But then we had Joey Crabb and Tim Stapleton and Adam <laughs> Burrish. And, you know, I mean, that, that team that my first year in Green Bay, our team was, our team was really good. So yeah, and we played in the old Brown County Arena, which what was that like? Which was a total, total dump. dump. Four thousand know. people? Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, but you know, there's two inches of cement around the whole outside of the rink. You know, between the ice and the boards. Really? Yeah, it was just it was one of those places that you know if you're, um, you know if you were a more skilled player, uh, not where you want to be. No, we built our team back there. Coach Osiki built the teams back then to be pretty tough, and you know so. So what kind of coach was Oz? Was he, you know, from a head coach perspective, was he a, a player's coach or was he kind of the, was he a good cop or a bad cop? Uh, he was very demanding. Um, yeah. You know, we'd have, we'd have times where we'd have two Zambonis in one practice, you know, like it just, that wasn't a rarity. Seriously? But, but everything that he did had, had a purpose. You know? Yeah. Even if it was when you're playing for him, the stuff that w you kind of looked at, like what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. You know, that was stuff now on the other end of it. You're like, okay, now that, that makes sense. Right. He was getting us to a point where, um, you know, I think what he was really good at is uh, helping the team come together as a team. Right. And maybe sometimes that was at the, at the, you know, expense of us liking him or whatever. Right. But there was that, there was always a purpose for what he did. And, um, you know, and, and what I loved about it, obviously, being a defenseman, is he always built the the teams from the back from the net out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Of like, this is how we're going to play, and we're going to we're we're going to be very disciplined to it. Yeah, that's cool. We'll we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about your coaching style. And I just want to try to get some bits and pieces here of coaches yeah. you might borrow from, and you might not like. I coach youth hockey, and I'll do some things or say some things or. And I'm like, man, my football coach used to say that exact phrase, and now I'm using it and didn't even realize I was using it. You know, yeah, that kind of sure. thing. Like, wow, I just did that and didn't even realize it kind of thing. All right, so you played. Um, the recruiting story is always fun. So now you've been in the USH, 
else for two years. You're in your second year. And I'm guessing based on your skill level, your size, um, lots of schools are calling. How was the recruiting process like? Who were the coaches that were recruiting you? Were they assistant coaches? Were they head coaches? A little bit of both. Yeah. Who were the schools? Yeah, so uh, probably the, the main three schools were Denver, mm-hmm. Minnesota, and Cornell. Um, so, yeah, it was – If you look back to 2004, those were – I mean, one's coming off two national championships. One's going to win a national championship, and yeah. Cornell was always in the thick of things yeah. in that era. So Yeah, and Cornell kind of liked that, you know, the bigger – stronger guy <laughs> they uh, still do you know unfortunately yeah. for me i was i was more focused on hockey probably than school so did you not get in uh, um I'm d- didn't I'm, even try okay didn't even try. i wasn't i'm not ripping it this is ivy league so yeah. it's not like so so they showed interest did you you didn't even go through the process right it was part of the conversation right of like when they first uh uh when they came to my house and met my parents and did that whole thing you know the, there was that uh it was talked about that hey school might be a little bit of a challenge you know yeah. and for me that was kind of the the light bulb of like well maybe it's not the spot to be then but challenge from the perspective of doing well while you get there or just the fact of getting in like getting in isn't easy yeah getting in and then when you're there just the <laughs> the you know the workload and you know at those schools there's probably a little bit more of uh like hey we got to make sure that the school's taken care of. Yeah. If you want to play hockey. Correct. You know, Correct. so, Correct. so yeah, so I was, I was so hockey driven at that point that, you know, um, I knew school was obviously important and right. it had to be done, but it was more of that, like make sure it got, gets done so that it doesn't right. jeopardize the hockey. Hockey. Absolutely. So, all right. So then, uh, you're getting down to the, to the decision be- between Denver and, and Minnesota. Um, is, are you are you meeting with Guazdecki? Are you meeting with Lucia? Yep. Do your are your parents involved, or are their parents completely out of the picture? I know Bob was there as well. Yeah. So um, a big reason why uh, I wound up going to the U was Bob. Um, you know, he was uh, he just him and I really kind of formed a bond right away in that recruiting process, and I think he appreciated how I played and maybe what I could bring to a team like the Gophers, which was super, super high skilled and all these guys flying around and, you know, maybe having somebody that could, that could maybe be there if something happened or if we got to go up and play North Dakota and, you know, get a little is bit what it is. Frisky. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Bob appreciated that. And then, so, you know, really connected well with him. Um, but then with Don and Mike, you know, it just, it felt not only being a Minnesota kid and, wanting to play for the Gophers, but then right. meeting those guys and then, you know, kind of seeing some of the players that were there and some of the guys that were going to be seniors when I was a freshman. It was just like, it just felt, it felt like the right place to be. Yeah, they were, abs- even the next year, they were loaded. Yeah. Your freshman year, there was, it was a loaded team. Those those were tickets, were, tickets were hard to come by. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, my, my freshman class, when you look at it with Mikey Vanelli and uh, Danny Ehrman and Ryan Patoli, I mean, like, th- our class was our class was really good. Kellen Briggs, you know, so it's like um, when you look at that, like Ryan, you know, before he left the U, he scored like forty goals that one year. You know, his his junior think about year that. Yeah, you score forty goals in college hockey now. You're you're a hobie. Yeah, you know, Ryan was close though. He was close. Yeah, I mean, I th- he was an All American for sure. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, just 
and then I, you know, was fortunate enough to play with him in my pro career too. So Danny Ehrman, he coached some at Stillwater at the high yeah. school level. Yeah, he did that for a couple of years. I got a chance to meet him this summer up in World, and God, he's a funny guy, and he's, he's a best. He is. Uh, I'm glad you brought him. He is a uh, historian. Like he, when he was up there, we meeting all these hockey guys. I am too, but yeah. it was like he and I were trading notes. Like, oh, I met this guy, and he did this, and he played with this guy, and he's a really funny guy, first of all. But he was really locked and loaded talking to a lot of these older hockey guys. A lot of them were were rural guys, and yeah. And uh, when he met Dave Christian, it was just like he would. All the questions he was asking were hilarious, you know, yeah. just about the miracle and all the other stuff. But uh, well, it's really good guy. It's interesting too when you when you meet guys that are good players. A lot of times they're like that, you know. They, they historians love, they love watching hockey. Nerds, they, they Nerd, yeah, yeah. Have guys that when they were little kids that they enjoyed watching play and knew everything about them. You know, it's just more of that like passion. Like you, you got these God given abilities, but then when it's coupled with that, like this is something I really want to do and. You know, I'm excited about it. It's it's a whole different deal. It's so easy to spot. And when I was yeah. talking to him, somehow we got to his recruiting store, and he's like, "I was only going to be on the Gophers. There was no other decision." And yeah. you know, like my, my something about his dad was best friends with Dean Blaze or something like that. And when he had to tell Dean Blaze no, it was like the hardest thing in the world. He goes, "No, I'm going to go play for the Gophers. There's yeah. there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise." And that's how much of a Gopher Danny is. And there's lots of guys like Danny. Oh, big time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean t- him and you know, if you take the the three of those guys in my class, Mikey Vanelli, Tom played there. Yeah. He played, you know, so yes. they had the whole Mikey never had a choice. Ingrained in their family. Not in a, uh, in a good way, not in a bad in, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh the Patalis with Grant yeah. and Ryan, you know, and then Danny having his just like you know that tunnel vision on the school yeah so you know it's it's a cool thing now being done playing and you know we just had our alumni golf tournament this summer with all these guys what a coming cool back outing i saw the names of those foursomes it was like yeah wow 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 i wish i'd have been there it would have been just to just to say hi to some, i know a lot of those guys too. yeah it was awesome so you know it's uh it's kind of a cool thing um which I, i'm glad i made the decision to play there even though it was for one season but um you know who did you play with who was it what was your force did you play with Annabeck? no so i played with uh the guys in my class other than mikey vanelli he uh, he jumped in with uh, a couple other guys so, so but all five of, all five of our uh, guys from my freshman class were there so who was in your foursome this year because I, I love the foursomes they were great yeah so danny Ehrman, yep. uh ryan okay only Callum Briggs and myself all played together. Yeah, in the in the tournament. Yeah, oh, that's then, cool. That's really cool. Mike Evanelli played. I just love some of them. There were randoms, you know. There was some yeah. random names, and they're like, "Oh, I got to get this." And of course, they had the, they had the. I, I just could not do it, but I want. It was something. There was the the group. I think I made a tweet about it. it was Crowley and Trouble and Hankinson. I was like, "Well, now that's where all the ladies were, you know." Yeah, because that's where the pretty boys were hanging out that day. Yeah, you know, it was a good group. So yeah. Um, okay, so. Let's go through your your, your 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 you played one year at the U. Decision leaving the U after one year. That was I I even remember that. I was like, yeah. that's kind of controversial. No one leaves after one year. How did you make that decision? And is it because you're maybe a, a year or two older, or what? What made went into that decision? Yeah, so I I was older. Uh, um, so I was you know I played a year junior in between high school and college. Yep. Um, I think the biggest thing for me the decision was uh, I was so. I was so focused on reaching my goal of playing playing in the NHL that it was like, okay, well, here's my chance, right? Like the um, the Rangers, I think, thought that 
playing in the American League would have been a better step than playing college hockey on the big rank and all that right. kind of stuff where, you know, they probably they probably had me pegged when they drafted me to be more of a stay-at-home right. kind of tougher defenseman, right? So so I think that that was a combination of that. Um, but, you know, I was so – I had so much tunnel vision on, like, hey, I, this is where I'm going and and here's the next step, you know, right. that I never even really thought or processed through of, like, you know, maybe you need to excel at the level you're at before you – before you move on. All the on. things we know now, yeah. or at least is the narrative now. The narrative now is that college hockey, go play college hockey as long as you can until you're ready to make the NHL because they're lifting weights, they're eating well, they're only playing a certain amount of games or developing their skills. All these things yeah. that they say about college hockey now, like, yeah, well, that's actually turning out to be a pretty good development ground versus sure. 60 games of USHL or 60 games in the AHL is... Maybe isn't the way to develop. I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I could get murdered for saying that too. Cause, oh, that's stupid. You know, like I don't know the. There is no magic pill. Yeah. Right. But that that is one theory now on it, with college hockey, right? For sure. And I and I think that the biggest lesson that I learned out of that that you know hopefully it's something that I can pass on to players now is I do think there is something said though that you have to you do have to excel at the level that you're at before you can think about moving Correct. on right and i think what's hard when you're an athlete is you, you have the destination like right in front of your face all the time and you're like the fastest way i can get there possible right yes and you miss Ooh. you miss some of those <laughs> steps in the journey of like you know what can i do where i'm at to improve my game to improve my life to maybe figure some stuff out that's not going well or wh- whatever right yeah um and that's that's the step or the stage that I was in. It was just I was just like so focused on the destination that I kind of got tripped up of like you know taking what I needed from uh, the team and the coaches and everything at the U uh, and just blew right by it and was like, all right, on to pro hockey. You know? And so. your 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 uh, route there was kind of interesting. I, I like to talk about your your wife and a girlfriend at the time. It's it's a fascinating story because it's yeah. not. I looked at Jill. I'm like, that's not my life. You yeah. know what I mean? That was not my route to, to where I got today, uh, to this building. But it's an interesting one. Like, you were dating a very good soccer player, Haley yep. Lynch, yep. right? And she's playing for the Gophers. Not only, uh, obviously, you leave and she follows you. Yeah. This is crazy. I mean, not, not the following part isn't crazy, but she follows you and goes and plays soccer at Fordham. And you guys live in, like, Hartford? Yeah. And she goes and travels an hour or two each day to practice in school at Fordham. Yeah. I That's mean, not a normal situation. No, and, you know, where she was going to school was in the Bronx. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, like, being a li- little. Compared to Dinky Town? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, so, you And know, then the soccer field over in, in uh, over on the St. Paul campus. That's a little bit. It was crazy. Fairy tale, right? It was crazy. But we, you know, I feel so blessed that uh, I, that. I was able to do that stuff with her. Yeah. We lived this crazy life and met all these super unique people and did all this stuff. But, you know, the, the fact that uh, she was there the whole time and we were able to do that. And, I mean, we got married when she was a senior in college. So, yeah. you know, in a lot of people's minds, that might be crazy. It is a but, little bit. But that, that's not the crazy part. Just doing it in Hartford, Connecticut. And yeah. the commutes that – she had commutes to get to school. You you were traveling all over the, the AHL playing. Yeah. I mean, it's not a normal lifestyle for a 21-year-old kid. No, and I think about it having kids now. Would you want your kid doing that? And it's like if, you know, my daughter was out with some guy <laughs> – 
hanging out in Hartford, Connecticut. Right. Taking a train down to New York City, I'd be like, huh. I don't no. Know. I don't know no. if I love this. No. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, I mean, it, it was... It was a pretty fun time in our life for sure. I just thought that was very pertinent to your story is talking about Haley and, and that. And then and then you guys didn't really slow down. You had kid you had played four or five years in, in the AHL and you had you had your first son and your daughter and yeah. You just kept rolling. I mean you are and I think your dad and mom too had kids very young. Yeah. Was my, that part of it maybe? It could be for sure. I mean my parents were like twenty, you know, when they had my sister. Uh but uh, I think with, with Hales and I, it was just, you know, even though we were younger at the, the time, it, it felt like we had lived so much of our life already, though, like just right. all over the place. You'd done adult things. Yeah, like we'd been on our own for a while. And, you know, so it, even though in maybe uh, society's eyes, having kids at 23 and, you know, or 26 and 24, whatever we were, yeah, seemed young. It was like guys on my team had kids and, you know, it was like it didn't really – seem like it was that weird of a deal right right that that's that's super cool so yeah uh i love the the coaching list here uh the guys when you you played in the american league for the the rangers and for the oilers for seven years the coaching list the first name you dropped was just like my probably my most hated uh player I don't know why when he was on just when he played I just hated Jim Schoenfeld. Yeah. And you dropped him and you said how much you liked him as a coach. Yeah. What does that say? What is it, what was about Jim that you liked? Well, you know, I think uh very similar to very similar to Oz, right? Is like he not only did he demand respect, he was a big guy. Um Yes. Some of the stuff that he did, like, you know, he'd have us doing yoga in the locker room and, like, all this, like, crazy stuff, which some guys on our team were like, no way, right? No way. This guy's out of his mind, you know? But it was it was more of, like, he, he had so, some type of presence about him as a young guy that you're like, you know what, I, I feel like I could, I, I would, I want to go and play hard for this guy. Yeah. You know? Was this, this was the been... After his episode with New Jersey, right? So now yeah. that was still one of the funniest moments in yeah. NHL history. But so, I mean, I, I didn't. He, he just was the. He was kind of an agitator, Big and he never played for the North Star. So you do. That's why, as a North Star fan, I'm like, oh man, I hope someone just crushes that guy, kind yeah. of thing. You know. Well, what was cool about him as a coach, though, is like if a guy on our team got cheap shotted, or if the game got out of control, or something like that. I mean, yeah. he was the first one after the game to to you know make their coach. Very, very intimidated. Like he, I al- believe it. He always w- was there to kind of have his team's back. Yes. Um, you know, and even even when stuff was going wrong or whatever, like his, it was always open door policy, and and that's kind of a weird time of your life, right? Like you're right. you're shooting super hard for this NHL deal, but you're in the American League, riding around on the bus, and the thoughts can kind of start spinning around in your head of like things aren't going great. Yeah. Um. So, you know, having a guy like that around to just kind of keep you on that path, um, you know, he, he did a very, very good job of that. We're going to come back to him in a minute. We can talk about who you are as a coach because there's a few of these coaches. We'll get to Pat Geyer in a second. But, we, yeah. but before we do one Greenway guy, we got to go to another Greenway guy, and this is Kenny Janander, guy I played against uh, in my youth hockey days and high school hockey days. Yeah. But Kenny's a guy that you played with. And then also played four. Yeah. Uh, that And that's not really totally unheard of when you get to minor league hockey. One day he's on your team and the next year he's the coach, right? Yeah. What was he like as a player and what was he like as a coach? 
Yeah, so my first year, which was the 05 lockout, Kenny Kenny was on our uh, played D. Um, a lot of times I played with him. So not only was he a teammate, he played but, D. Yeah, so just the way that <laughs> really our, the way that our team was set up that year, he would play forward, he played D. You know, he he was so seasoned of of being a successful player at that league at that point. That, yeah, you know, I think he's got like doesn't he have like a HL record for most games played or coached or one yeah. of those one of those. Yeah, and he was with the Rangers for their organization for I don't even know how long as a player and a coach. You know? True story. I met him uh, a couple of years ago, and he wanted to settle down. Now he's scouting. Uh, I'm not sure who he's maybe Vancouver or something. He's scouting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh well, what were the what are the other job opportunities or what other things you want? He goes, well, I applied for the Saint Scholastica job, and they found that I was too overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that he just that's wanted accurate. a retirement job, D three. You know, be yeah. around the rink still, give back to the game, and they didn't hire him. I'm like. Yeah. You have Ken Jernander here. I know. You know. That's crazy. Isn't that, I mean, that's the stuff, those little stories we get, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that's what, uh, you know, the, the the transition from him going from a teammate to a coach, uh, what made that kind of easy or made it easier for the guys that were like me in that situation was he had played at that level for so long that if you didn't try to use utilize his knowledge, you're stupid. Shame on you. Yeah, you know. So especially when he was assistant coach, because it's like, all right, we got the, we, you know, we got the head coach, we got uh, Kenny here, who was our teammate. Now he's a, now he's an assistant coach. It was like a, it was a nice little bridge between. Yeah, you know, guy, you can bounce stuff off of and not. You know, how you get the uh, you buy a tool and there's the the manual, right? You yeah, know, he was the user manual for the AHL. So yeah. you ever had any question for anything, he could probably answer it for you for sure. And he'd played on, and he played in Hartford, won a championship there. Yeah, you know, just the list goes on and on. And and um, you know, he he was a great teammate. He he was a guy that uh, obviously there was that little connection between Minnesota and you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, we talked about that on our podcast that never happened Yeah, about here you are in, in Hartford and now you got a Minnesota guy and, and just all the connections to Minnesota all the way from the minute you left Rochester, there was probably a connection to Minnesota everywhere you turned, right? Yeah. Well, and for me, uh, so Bryce Lampman, we yep. talked about earlier. So I go into my first year pro and my roommate on my first pro team was a guy that, was basically like a brother to me growing up. It so was him? It was him. Yeah. So he had he had been in Hartford the year before. Stop. Where did he play college? <laughs> he played uh, in Omaha for a little bit. Okay. And then he went and then he played in uh, Kamloops up in the uh, Western Hockey Western League. Western League, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he had been in Hartford the year before I got there. Uh, so, you know, I come into training camp. I get to go to training camp and, and live with one of my best friends of my entire life. It's like – you know, that's the best year of your life, I bet. Uh, yeah, we had a blast. We had a blast. And but just the fact that, you know, that's what's cool about Minnesota is that that that's actually possible, you know, yeah. like that you could circle back and play with the guy that you maybe played, uh, you know, youth hockey with or high school hockey with or whatever. Yeah. And then there's now with you know, this having a, have young kids is coaching them like they all know each other now yeah. it's crazy like they get to my gopher camp and like i don't have to do intros like they all know each other from playing in super series and stars of tomorrow and that kind of stuff they all know each other yeah and it makes it fun i mean it makes our i think our community here in minnesota 
is even stronger than it was when you were or when I was playing. For sure. You know, I hated everybody. We didn't know anybody because we didn't know anyone. You yeah. Know, I hated Dave Snugger and he was the devil, you yeah. know, when we were playing against him. And then I meet him, you know, 10 years later at the university. I'm like, actually, he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah. You know, he's not a typical hockey guy. He's just a nice guy. You know what I mean? And yeah. now 10 years 20 years later, I'm, he's playing in our hockey for life and I'm doing breakaway academy stuff. And it's yeah. just like, it's just, it, there's a small world. We all have our small world moments. Yours is better than mine, though. And my goodness, your buddy from Rochester's on your AHL team. Well, and I think, too, uh, there was something about that, though, that that is maybe lost a little bit, too, of like hating the other guys on the other yes, team, right? Totally is. The, the, uh, I mean, I, I remember countless times, right? Especially when I was playing uh, in my pro career of like, I hate that guy so much, right? And then a teammate, <laughs> one of your teammates would say, yeah, but if he was on your team, you'd love him. <laughs> and and that's what it always Here's was All like. the time. It always I know. like that. Jim Schofield. Yeah. But if he was on the North Stars, he would have been my favorite player. Yeah. Right? But that's what made it, that's th- that, you know, there wasn't a lot of like, uh, hey, even, you know, me and you know each other. Yeah. We'll talk when it's over. We're not going to have any of this kind of interaction before, right? Correct. It, it was very, um, there's something very primal about that, which, you know, is a little bit different now because they all, all these kids know each other. They play on thousands of teams together. And, yeah. And, you know, some of that has gotten lost a little bit. It's a little weird, though. Like, how do you turn it on? How do you turn it off? Even if you were counseling your son who was a PB this year, how do you turn it on? How do you turn it off? You know, yeah. like, because you're buddies with this guy. But when the puck is dropped... The friendships go out the door. Yeah. And for 99% of this stuff. But you'll see it occasionally where there'll be at a whistle and a guy will be looking at each other and you can see him yapping on go, are they yapping mean things to each other? Are they making, are they chirping each other? And usually yeah. it's just kind of friendly chirping, you know, whatever. But sometimes it gets, it's a get, there's a really fine line there in that whole relationship game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so we, we covered this. I want to get to another Greenway guy because you talked about Pat Geyer quite a bit pre-show. But yeah, um, you get done with your career, um, and it really wraps up to I, – I love the we our, our chat before the show was you, you at this point you have, you've played seven years in the A, and you've had uh, two kids now. Yep. And your offer in 2011-12 was to go to Hamilton at a much lower price tag than you'd used to be paying for. So you're now you have to take a cut and pay, and you're going to have to play in Canada, which is not as glorious as it is playing here yep. in the U.S. from taxes and all the other stuff. Um, at that point, where were you mentally? Like, you know, do I want do I want to give up the dream? Uh, how did you guys make the decision? You and Haley make the decision to uh, pack it up and, and go home. Well, and that's where I give my wife a lot of credit because, you know, if it, if it would have been up to me at that time, I probably would have went and played in the, you know, Southern Pacific Hockey League or whatever. Anywhere, I, right? I would have just, whoever would give me a jersey, I would have went and played there. Um, but it was because that that's what I knew and that's what I was comfortable with. Right. You know? And then, thankfully, she had the foresight to say, hey, this is maybe a good time to, you know, look at this differently. And This is a sign, right? Yeah. So, so luckily for me, right, uh, is I had somebody kind of by my side that, that, uh, she was with me when I played, she was able to kind of help with some of these decisions that we had to make and, you know, never had to really worry that like that teammate, my wife was ever going to leave me or go anywhere or whatever. Right. Right. So, so I, I really valued what she, what she said. And, 
when you looked at all the opportunity and kind of where I was at in my career and how everything was going, it, it was the right time to, to be done. Yeah. You know, it, it was. It, I, I could deny it uh, as much as I would, and it took me some years to get over that. But when I look back at it now, it's like smart decision. best thing we ever did. Was, really? Yeah, because starting your business life is challenging. It is and, hard. Right, and you got, you're got you going up against guys that had been doing that since they were 21. Yeah, right? and, and now, now you're 29, right? 29. It's and, hard. Uh, it's, it's a whole different deal. So. And they've been – those eight those guys in those eight years have been busting their chops and, and getting their teeth kicked in, and it's now yeah. you're 29. You have to start all the way back to where they were when they're 21. Yeah. I think about that all the time when I, I meet these ex-athletes. All they only way they know how to make money is by playing for a franchise. Yeah. Right. And now it's over. Now I have to figure out a new way to make money. It's not easy. No. <laughs> and and alone the the identity part of it. Like I've been a hockey player my whole life. Now what am I? You, you know, you when that you're, hat is now off. Yeah. When you're in that environment. Somebody does everything for, for you. you. You know? carries your bags. Yeah, you right. Have, you have to take your kids to the doctor. You go to the team doctor, and you walk right up to the line and walk. You know, it's just like everything is kind of done yes. for you. Um, and then the game goes away, and you know, moves on without you. And it's like all of a sudden, whoa, right? Like I gotta, I have to figure out how to do all this stuff now, and who am I, and what you know, what do I yeah. want to be actually about, and all that. That's really good stuff. I wanted to I wanted to take that a step further and talk about, you know, a lot of guys when their AHL tenure kind of runs low and the pay kind of flattens out, we'll call it. Yep. A lot of guys will go to Europe. They'll go play in the DEL. They'll go play in, in Italy. They'll go play in really glamorous towns, playing far less rigorous schedules and far less heavy hitting and fighting yeah. and greater pay, free room and board, good stuff. I mean, yeah. playing in Europe is pretty cool, but it also means that you're – you, not a lot of guys go to Europe and then come back and star in the NHL. So there's this, there's this crossroads of NHL dream ending. What was that like for Jake when you had to decide whether well, I'm just going to end it, go to Europe, do go to Japan, whatever it might be, or just kind of end it all together? But ultimately, the dream of NHL is gone too. Yeah, um, you know that that was a tough. Uh, pill to swallow and that was about halfway through my HL career when I went from being on NHL contracts to you know just signing American League deals right um, and th that was a tough thing because that was that was the goal the whole time from you know squirt hockey on it's like when you're in school you, you don't write down I want to be an HL hockey <laughs> player right you put I want to be an NHL hockey player and the teacher says you're crazy and you right. said well yeah yep. I am but that's what I want to do you yep. know um so when that happened in my career, that was that was kind of a tougher time. But I always, in the back of my head, thought if I stay in the American League and if I play really well, there's always contracts to be had, and you know maybe that dream, stay in shape, right? Stay in shape, get better, you know, be a good teammate, do all the things that that I knew I could do to um, you know put myself in a position if there was a contract to be open and they needed somebody like the way that I played that there was still a chance right you know right and and to be totally honest like I told you it was a comfort level thing for me too I yeah knew I play in that league I knew the cities that we were going to you know, a lot of the guys that we were playing against played against them for years um so there was a there was a comfort level there too of like hey I, I know I can play at this level I know I can um 
you know, I know I can have some success here. Yeah. So. Um, you've said playing in, you, you went to um, Oilers or the Oilers organization and played in Springfield. This is like, you described it, it's like living in a movie, like the, yeah. the barn, the ownership. Well, I mean, this sounds kind of cool. Like this sounds like like you're living in a a, a, a mobster movie. Yeah. Uh, were they paying you cash instead of checks, or <laughs> well, pretty much? The team was still. Uh, the what was the name of the team? Springfield what? Springfield Falcons. Falcons. All right. So the, the Ameri- I know some of the teams, but not all of them. All so right? the American League is run very, you know, not a lot of like the Danbury Thrasher type stuff going on. Yeah. But um, but the actual town, um, you know, we met some. Super, super unique people. Awesome people. We we had a great, great time there. But you know, if you probably dug into what they do for a living, it, it probably wouldn't be something that you'd want to like. Share Garbage with. removal. Yeah, or whatever. Contractor. You know? So, um, <laughs> so again, like we're we're just these young married kids, and we're just like you know, we just took it. any experience that came our way. We just we just ran with it. But um, we lived right. We lived right down on the main street, and like. You know, our neighbor got shot one night. Like, no it, way! Oh, it was just—it was like crazy, crazy land there. So it's like Sopranos in a way. Yeah, it's it, Springfield is the exact middle between Boston and New York City. Yep. So you know, there's there's probably a a good flow of of both of stuff going through there. Both ways, that nice. Yeah. So probably a, a halfway point. Yep. All right. So you get done with the game, um, and you're living back in the Twin Cities. Uh, what was the plan? For you and Haley, when you got back here, just find job, yep, move on. Uh, did did you know what you wanted to do for work? No, I had no idea. And I think, I think probably what was was a, Haley working? Uh, she started working pretty soon right okay. after we got done. And right. again, what's so awesome about her is is it wasn't like, oh no, you're done playing now. So what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. She was like, all right, you've been you've been doing this for the last seven years. I can I can step up and. You know, what was her major? What was what was her career path? So she was a business and a finance major. Okay. Um, so she got uh, she started working with a company called Robert Half. Yep. Um, and she's worked there for ever since. So she's been there nine or ten years now, and and just you know has built a team and done a bunch of awesome stuff there. So uh, kind of like I told you before, even even in the athletic world, like sh- she's the athlete <laughs> of our family. She yes. Was, she was an absolute stud soccer player. I mean, like, you know, it was awesome to watch She her wasn't play. a stay-at-home defenseman? No. <laughs> no. She was She was getting headlines wrote about her. And, and uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's been like that in business, too. She's just been able to take off and have tons of success, which is awesome to, awesome to watch. But, yeah, so we got back here, and it was like uh, no clue, you know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So um, started kind of going through our network and, you know, that was the first time in my life where it was a realization of I got about 18 college credits, which right. doesn't I was going to ask you resume. about your degree. I'm like, that's a long haul. Yeah. To yeah. a degree. Yeah. So, you know, that was the first time where that kind of came back up of like, oh, man, this might be a problem. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing about the hockey world, especially being in Minnesota, is there is a big network of people that will, you know, will help you get started too. Right. So... So I was able to work a couple sales jobs and then uh, got into the finance business that I'm in now. And um, so everything worked out the way it should. Uh, but those first couple of years, at least for me personally, it was it was a battle. Struggle. It was yeah, a battle. I, I believe it. For sure. And how did you get 
in back into the game, and we I I know you coached Pee Wee B's uh, eleven twelve. Yep. Um, you just you drive to a rink, or you were in one of your sales jobs. Someone said you should come coach with us. How did what was the what was that invite like? Yeah, I think uh, so. A guy that actually um, uh, helped me when I was a player, one of my uh, guy that was my skating coach, uh, he just called me up randomly and said, "Hey, do you want to coach?" Yeah. And I was like, who was that? Brian DeWeese. Oh, Wheezy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so I was like, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I got not a lot of other things going on right now. My kids are, you know, at that time, my kids were really small. So they, yeah. weren't, they weren't buzzing around doing a bunch of stuff. Um, so, so I did it with them, you know, and it was, it was a good experience. Um, kind of got me back into the game a little bit, which was fun. And, uh, and I, I did realize that year that coaching, uh, was something that I did want to pursue and do. Now this is PWBs back in ten years ago when PWBs was just like the next level down. And there was some great hockey back in the day. I remember. I think even that year, or maybe it was the year before, like Garrett Waite and those guys were all couldn't even make the, yeah. the top Edina team. So imagine how D. There was a lot of D one hockey players playing PWBs back then. Yeah, for sure. So it was probably some high quality. You were like, this isn't such bad hockey, right? Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. And I did know for sure that, uh, you know, if the opportunity came to coach at a higher level, that 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 would be something that I would like to pursue. Yeah. Um, Just from where I thought that, you know, where I could maybe be more of an impact on the players. Right. So, um, you know, luckily enough, I I had some opportunity to do that. So you coached in the Elite League. How did you get – uh, was it was was it through Gino or how how did you get into the elite league as as a coach with Pat Geyer? Yeah, so uh, so Judd Stevens, another teammate of mine from the from the U, was actually coaching with him before. Okay, and uh, and he was moving on to to go do you know uh, do something else or just you know was done coaching or whatever. So the the uh, spot opened up with Pat, and uh, it, it would have had to have been through Gino or somehow through that that I got connected with Pat and uh, was able to. Uh, take that uh, assistant job with them with that North Elite League team. So Pat Geyer had coached in that league and obviously coached Geno's teams and back in early 2000s. And then now fast forward, he's coached in the Elite League. Um, you, you've said it multiple times to me today and prior to that that he was a huge influence on you. And uh, and the way you described it, you did a really nice job describing it earlier. Describe like what that mentorship mentee role looked like when you guys were coaching together in the league yeah so uh so like i told you i i think pat is probably one of the best guys in in our game in our state i mean he he is just an absolute incredible human being so uh, what was awesome um in that time of my life was i was still so much in player mode yeah, you know, it's, with, almost like a video game. Like you had still couldn't click over to coach mode. You couldn't, yeah. you know, right? Yeah, so there's... Couldn't flip the switch. The intensity was a little bit different than what it should have been. And, you know, so there's all these things going on. But what he was so good at was he was he was uh, very observative of what, what was going on, but he wouldn't, like, reprimand me or, you know, say anything in front of the team. or And then we'd have these awesome conversations after the games. And, and uh, what's cool about that league, especially coaching the North team, is we we always had at least a couple tournaments where it was like hotel and, you know, right. like a weekend away. Yeah. Um, so just all these things that he was able to talk to me about, about, you know, like when, you, when you're looking through a player's lens, right, like think about what you're – when you're delivering a message to a player as a coach – 
right? How are they perceiving it when you're like so intense and so, you know, whatever. Um, but then on just on the life side of things too, I just, you know, he was just such a, he was just such a positive influence in a, a pretty rough time of my life, you know? Yeah. Um, and like I told you, you know, I'd still call him today when I have coaches or questions about coaching or whatever. I mean, he's just a, he's just an incredible human. I, uh, I've met Pat a handful of times, and every time I talk to him, I'm like, wow, the the minute he walks in the room, it's like it's like a classier room, like the intelligence, the IQ, uh, just the way he carries himself. Yeah, uh, I can imagine what he was like uh, as a coach when he was coaching at like like real high school hockey. I'm sure it was like he's taking these Greenway boys to a compl- a level they've probably never been to. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, what I look at when I was playing for sure. Uh, I, I lived my life kind of the way that I played. It was like right on this razor's edge, right? Of right. Like yeah. Maybe a little bit out of control. Yeah. Sometimes out of control for sure. Um, and then, you know, when I got done and everything kind of snowballed on me, um, you know, the just the ability to have a guy like him and then, you know, got really uh, connected again with Billy Butters and, like, these guys that are, like, strong faith. Yeah. Really good men doing – you know, the things that we should be doing. It's like, you know, I just, I felt very blessed that God put me in this position to be with these guys instead of maybe somebody else or whatever, where, you know, they might've, they might've approved of my way that I was living. Right. You know, well, the other thing about it is, you know, the God puts you in those, those spots and, and gives you those choices and gives you those people. But it also like, look at what they're going to do for you to mold you now you got and look at the list. Your your son was born in two thousand nine. Yeah. Now you can be a mentor to him, and and he can pass it on to his kids someday too. Exactly, and and that's what's so awesome about our game. Uh, you know, uh, for a while in between playing and and coaching, uh, my mindset was like, I just want to forget about hockey altogether. I'm going to go on this new path in my life, and you know, do whatever. Yeah. And it just it's not it's not doable at all. <laughs> You know, like this stuff is like in the fabric of my DNA. It's, it's like just, a magnet, dude. Yeah. It is a magnet. I can't get rid of it. Like I literally every time I try to get away from it, it just pulls you back in. Yeah. But there's so much good that comes from it, you know. Right. Uh, uh, not only from like relationships like that with like Billy and Pat and, you know, all these other guys and it just like the, the hockey community, um, whether it's the alumni golf tournament or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like, the fact that you have some guy that you could call that you maybe don't even know that well, yeah, and say like, "Hey, man, hey. I, I'm in a rough spot," right? <laughs> There's a lot of good people out there, and all of a sudden that guy's showing up for you in your life and doing whatever you need. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's just an awesome, awesome game. Here's a statement I always talk about this. You, you coached youth. You and I bumped into each other a few times last year with your Lakeville North team, and and I get a lot of crap for running these tournaments and kids are playing hockey on Friday, right? Yeah. You know, the old, you know, and my dad took all his grandkids to Mexico one year, like 20 years ago. I'm like, dad, you can't take them out of school. You know, I didn't have old, my kids weren't old enough at the time. Yeah. Can't take them out of school. He goes, Tone, they're going to learn a lot more in Mexico than they would ever learn in the classroom. And I was just, I laughed at him at the time. He's, he just wanted to take his kids out of school, yeah, the grandkids out of school and be with them for a week. But I think there were some wise words there. So whenever I watch some of these games, like Squirtacular is a perfect example. You got eight rinks wide over at the Super Rink, and there's kids, 
you know, blood, sweat, and tears are laid online. But where are you going to learn more, right? You, you got to go, you got to go warm up. You got to prepare, right? You got to mm-hmm. prepare for battle. Uh, you battle. You know what? Sometimes you're going to win a game you didn't win. Or sometimes you're going to lose a game. Then you're going to go to the locker room. The teacher, which is now your coach, he's going to teach you some things about life. And you're going to, you're going to have some, you know, you're going to lose your emotions. Your emotions are going to get out of get you know take the best of you and you're gonna learn how to deal with your emotions all within a 60 minute squirt game yeah you're gonna learn that at you know crestview elementary school yeah no you're not yeah this game teaches it's great teaching so when there's someone some lady quacks off at me about yeah you shouldn't have kids out of school i'm like you know what i will i will uh, debate you that i think sometimes these games are really good for kids it's a great field trip look at it as a field trip yeah you know you get to go to the state state capitol you get to go to the zoo, you know, like yeah. these are learning moments. This is just think of this as a state capital trip. And I can imagine the stuff that you have learned and the stuff that you've taught as well. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think what comes to mind when you say that, too, is that's what is so important about about being uh, dialed in as a coach, too. Right. Yeah. Is you have the ability to either mold kids in a good way. Or show them just absolutely the, the most Win toxic, at all costs, right? You know, like just... Toxic. And, and you see that, right? Yes. But what's great about it for the kids is if, if you can help them understand, watch what's happening, right? That will turn into a train wreck eventually. It will. Always. It will. Always. The, the team will fall apart or, you know, the, the just... It, it's just very, very clear what will happen, you know? So I think... Uh, especially when we look at like our Lakeville North program, it's, you know, it's such an emphasis on like, how do we surround our athletes with really high caliber guys that are super passionate about coaching that care as much about that personal development piece as they do about like making sure my, my squirt A team wins a game. Right. You know, did you have Isaac on your staff last year? <laughs> Berglund. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the squirt staff. Uh, no, uh, Matt Ostick. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So he coaches. seems like I see Isaac every. Yeah, I can't remember where I see him, which rink I see him coaching. He's usually coaching the Peewees or the Bantams or the JV or the Varsity. He's he's basically worn every yeah. Lakeville North hat, hasn't he? He has. I mean, and what's awesome is now that a lot of these kids that he coached are now starting to play for us at the high school level, right? Right. And so they have that kind of familiarity with him and. Um, and that's really what we're trying to do is, you know, now we have uh, Timmy Conboy's coaching with us. Yeah. He's coaching uh, with us at the high school level, and then he's fully entrenched with our with our youth program and uh, doing a development program there. And like I said, my, my friend Bryce Lamont's coming up, and Isaac and Jake Annabeck and Matt Ostick. And, yeah. Know, so we, we have this group of these guys that uh, are really, really dedicated to these kids. All right, uh, we we are almost at the one hour mark, and yeah. we haven't talked 2015, so we got to do that, and then we're going to talk your squad. So let's just race through this. I, I yeah. love the 2015 story. You were part of the 31 and 0 team, um, but I think a neat thing that I learned through you was the story about losing to Edina, just getting pummeled by Edina in, in 2014. Yeah, uh, walk through that moment. It's third period. You know, you're getting humbled on a state's biggest hockey stage, and what goes down on that bench uh, between uh, Trent and Jake and you guys and the players that really built a special thing for the next year? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that that weekend goes from Lakeville North winning their first game at a state tournament. Right. Right. Beat Rose on overtime. I was there. Um, 
then we have that game against Eden Prairie where we beat them in overtime. Yep. And to finish off the weekend, right, our kids come into a game that within a minute into the game it was like <laughs> buzzsaw city. Bad. You know, that Edina team was, was really, really good. And and uh, so the game's kind of winding down, and, you know, you can you can kind of see our kids just starting to – like just the, the whole – season but mostly that weekend the the emotion of it kind of started just blowing out of them you know getting the like, best of them right it was getting the best of them and, and not like they were going out and being cheap but just like you know start tearing up and right and uh natural emotions when you're you know you're going through something intense like that and uh so you know the the appealing boys were kind of sitting down at the bench and i i just kind of mentioned to them like hey just don't let these guys see that they got you you know, Edina, right? Edina. Yeah. 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 Like just, we, we'll get the team back in the locker room and then you guys can fall apart. Like just do whatever you got to do to, to try to keep yourself in a position where you can shake their hand, look them in the eye, give them the credit that they do. And then we'll go take care of our, our own self. Right. right. And, um, and then that was probably one of the lead up to one of the coolest moments that I've ever had in hockey up, you know, even Period. to this point ever, it was just like a goosebump type moment where Jack Paling just looked me right in the eyes and he said, that's the last game we're losing in high school. <laughs> and it wasn't like, a, you know, saying it in the moment. It was like he was staring through my skull. Like, this is something that we're serious about. And, you know, the fact that they were able to go out and do it the next year is absolutely incredible. And they almost didn't do it the and, next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'd totally forgotten about this. What happens game one right out of the shoot in this undefeated run? Yeah, so we have all this buildup to the season. You, you know, guys are just pumped uh, yeah. all summer long. You, I bet it was just like a great vibe, right? Yeah, we're going to these summer tournaments, and we're, you know, we're destroying beat, just destroying everybody, and it's like this, this ball is just starting to roll, and it's like, okay, this is going to be something pretty sweet. We go into Farmington first game of the season and we wind up beating them six to five in overtime. Hey, it was probably a good wake up call though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just it was one of those things where it was like you know, the 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 mission or whatever you want to call it was so big going into the season that we forgot about the actual game we were playing in. Yeah. You know, so so it was a great reset of like we take this day by day, game by game, right? We we don't overlook anybody and uh but yeah, so the thirty one and all season was almost <laughs> almost oh and one after the oh first game. Oh gosh, that is so funny. And then <clears throat> I, I told you this before, I kinda had some tie more ties to youth hockey than high school hockey and then fell in love with the state tournament. We had a, got a great picture of Henry Ennebeck celebrating the yeah. game winner against Rozo and I'm like, This is so much fun and I know some of these kids and give it a couple of years, I'm gonna know all these kids. Yeah. And so I my first high school regular season game that I ever covered was Lakeville North Edina. Yeah. It's still one of the fastest-paced games, high school games I've ever seen. And there's not a lot of great places to shoot pictures, so you got to be basically ice level there yeah. to see it. And a game, when you're at ice level compared to when you're in the bleachers, it's like three or four times faster yeah. than when you're up in the bleachers. It looks slow when you're in the bleachers. When you're on the ice, you can realize how fast they're going on those skates, on the skates, right? Yeah, for sure. And that game was special. I mean, it was sold out, you know, hours before the game even before the doors opened. Yeah. Uh, what was your feeling going into that game? Because there's a lot of revenge here. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you think about that group, right? And so, the fact that you got Edina to come down to you guys. Just incredible. Hard. This is very hard. That was probably a bigger story than 31-0. Yeah, it hasn't happened since. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. Never happened. It, it, Ames Arena is uh, on the colder side of rinks in, yeah. the, in the state. And, it uh, is a little chilly. You know, so, um, yeah, it was uh, all the stars had to align to get the Edina boys down there that night. But but I think just, you know, the, the, col- the quality of our team that year was yeah. appealing for everybody. Um, but yeah, so the, the interesting part about that game was that team, their, uh, sophomore year, they got killed by Edina, the first game of the state tournament. Yeah. Junior year, we get killed by them are in the final game. And so here they are, that, that was the first time that they had beat Edina in a high school hockey game, that, that group, yeah. you know? Um, so that was, uh, it, you know, from when when I reflect on that season, that game and the way that we played and the way that we were able to, um, you know, take a team like that that was a very, very good team and we were able to kind of ha- not have our way with them, but we were yeah. able to we were able to estab- establish our game plan and 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 utilize execute it, it and yeah. execute it. Yeah, know? I thought so, too. I mean, that, that game you, you saw Angelo and, and that blue line, your, your decor was. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, you know. You had the palings and all that, but th- it was all decor. I mean, that yeah. whole the de- the decor that you had there was sadic, and it was just like, wow, this is yeah. fair. You know, yeah. I mean, you look size at- and athleticism. Yeah. that you had was just it was disgusting. When you're you know? when you're a D coach, uh, you know, it's weird because so those are my first two seasons or first two years of coaching high school hockey. I'm Pretty like, easy. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's probably a better getting- than an elite league team. Well, yeah, and I'm like, man, you know? if, if I get to coach Division One hockey players every year and just keep churning them out, this would be the best thing of all Ever. time. Yeah. You know, um, but when you, you know, so for me, when I got to coach that team, we have we have uh, guys that, you know, four, five, six defensemen out of all of, I think four of those kids want to play in Division One hockey. And then you throw in Angelo. And Angelo could have, but he went and played baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Ryan Edquist was our goalie. Yeah. So it's like, this is awesome. This is going to be, you know, it's going to be a great thing. And and then, you know, that then you look up front and you're like, we have we have two, two, first, lines. two first lines. <laughs> and then our third line's really good. And yeah. we got guys that are willing to block shots and do all this team stuff that, you know, it kind of is like that fabric that holds it all together. It was just like – you know, talk about lightning in a bottle. It was, it's a very, very special deal. Great team. So fast forward through the season, um, you make it back to state, and you get on the opposite side of Edina. Yep. And then it happened, you know. I'd like to get into your head and Trent's head about this. It happened, meaning East beats Edina. Dylan yeah. Malmquist gets hurt in the in the quarterfinals, limps onto the ice and tries to Willis read it, but he couldn't play. I think it was a big injury in the whole thing. That was a big that's one of the big storylines that everybody forgets is that that was a big I'm not saying they would have beaten you. I still think you were the better team. I saw it with my own eyes in, in November. Yeah. But it was a big moment. When he was hurt and hobbling against East, did you think, okay, now things are the story is changing. You know what I mean? Your vision from from March to March was we're going to play those guys again because they're loaded, and we're going to beat them this time. Yeah. When this is all going down, what is the coaching? St- what's going through the coaching staff's head? Like, how do we prepare these kids for not playing Edina now? Yeah, I mean, I think that's because the- I mean, like, East was like five hundred. Yeah. Right. This wasn't like the greatest East team of all time. 
Yeah, and you know, I think the the challenge with coaching for sure is is more of that, right? Like of getting your kids in a in a mindset to um, maybe not necessarily look at who they're playing, but like what we're going to do on our side of the thing to execute what we think would be the best way to beat East or Edina or right. whoever it is we're playing, right? So, um, so anybody on our side of the fence would have been lying if we thought that we were going to not play Edina in the in the final game. It just it. The, the storyline was too perfect, like you said. We're on different sides of the bracket. Uh, we'd played the year before in the final. It was like this thing is going to kind of happen this way. Um, but then, you know, East comes in. They beat Rapids to get there. They beat yeah. St. Thomas. It's like, man. Come back. They're, yeah. They're firing at all cylinders at the right time of the year. So, um, so I think for our guys, the challenge was, and I, what I think Trent just did an absolute incredible job of that whole entire season, is he was able to get those guys to focus so inwardly on just what we were doing and yeah. not about all the stuff, right? Because uh, for high There's school, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that year, right, we got the guy from L.A. with the camera, and he's <laughs> going to make this big documentary, and yeah. you know, we got the news and all this stuff. Like, for a high school kid, that's a lot, you know? It is. Um, but but Iggs was able to get those guys from – the summer all the way through that season to be so focused on what we were doing, how we were going to go about it. Um, that, you know, when things changed like that, when state tournament where you kind of see this thing happen and then East wins, it's like, all right, well, we just pivot, you know, yeah. we worrying about ourselves, but we're, we, well, we might have to change some things about what, how we're going to play to, to beat them. Well, yeah, you're going to run right into the mouse traps everywhere all over the ice, right? Yeah. Like it's not going to be easy to beat these guys. They're not going to make it easy on us. Yeah. And know that it could get frustrating, right? Like yeah. it, it could be zero, zero after the first period. It might be zero, zero after the, the second period. It doesn't matter though. It's, you know, if we continue to do what we do and take care of our net first and all the stuff we talked to them about all year, um, they'd have success. Well, I'm glad we, we, you stressed on some positive points there with Trent and, and I wanted to talk about him a little bit, but mostly like we talk all these different coaches into who shapes, who Jake is as a coach. Yeah. What do you draw out of Trent? What do you draw out of some of these coaches today? Or like, Hey, when Jake lines up to coach a, a Lakeville North team, we're, these are some of the things that I've drawn from some of the guys. Pat, you, we've, you've talked about. What would you draw from Trent? You know, when you when you're coaching today, because yeah. he was kind of the first high school coach you worked under. You know, for sure. And and I feel very fortunate to have that opportunity. Um, I think what what Trent is really really good at is he's able to to kind of cast a vision of what is possible for his team, and then help them understand that that is, that is a possibility, right? Uh, right. Because I think with, especially with young hockey players and, and high school is kind of a uh, interesting level because you could have kids on your team that are there and are going to work really hard, but have no intention of ever doing anything with hockey outside of high school. Right. right. And then you got kids on the same team that are like, this is my life. I want it so bad. I want to play college pro, whatever. Yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic. And sometimes it's hard to get all of those kids on the same page. Um, and I think that's what Trent was really, really good at of, of kind of casting. This is how we're going to play. This is what we're all about. You guys are capable of, of very, very big things and then helping them kind of see and make that a uh, reality. And I would definitely say that tr just being around Trent enough the last five or six years, um, he's a player's coach. Yep. And, and I, and I mean that in the, in the kindest way, he's not a rah, rah, he's a rah, rah kind of guy, but he, you know, when I went to Jackson Hallam, had his senior speech over at St. Thomas last spring, and 
Jackson and I became buddies the last few years just through interviews and stuff, and he invited me to come see a speech. I'm like, wow, if I'm, that's an invite I take seriously. So I yeah. would go to that, and I went, and sure enough, Trent was there as well. Yeah, I mean that's just who Trent is. Like if it's if it's hockey players and it's his hockey players, Trent's going to be there. Yep, yeah, um, for sure. Do you do you see yourself as that as a players coach? You see yourself more distant because a lot of the co- high school coaches when I was growing up they were super distant from from the team. I think they're a lot more intertwined into the mesh of the team now. Yeah, it's I would say for sure it's way different. Um, you know, I I would. For for me and the the style that I coach, I think it it, it uh, I, I think the kids would say that I'm more of a player's coach in the way of like what's really important to me is that I get to know all of them very very well and get to understand kind of what they're where they're at in life, what they're going through, all this stuff. Because I, I think the big thing, especially at the high school level, is it's such a pivotal time in their in their lives. Yeah, either they're gonna whether they go play hockey or not, right? If like you, you can give them this kind of launching pad to be successful at hockey, to be successful in school, whatever it's going to be. And I think if we're not, if we're not focusing on that as a high school hockey coach, then it's kind of shame on you type yeah. scenario. Right. Cause that's also where you're going to get the best out of your team too. Yeah. Of, of knowing what makes them tick. And, you know, so instead of the kind of the iron fist of like the whole team gets coached one way, yeah. you do have to, you do have to kind of segment them out and be like, okay, these kids are kind of the same or, you know, the, like to be coached a certain way or whatever. And you, you have to get like the feel of your team. And the only way you can do that is, is actually really truly get to know them. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. That's a that's a hot take. Um, let's talk about uh, we talked about getting to know him, getting your team. Let, let's talk about your team this year. I think I heard a rumor that Dahl got hurt this weekend. Is that true? Yeah, uh, nothing, wrist, wrist nothing or, crazy but, though. Where he won't miss time this season. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, yeah, he's good. I don't know how I heard that. But just like, saw. Wow, him. Yeah, that's just, funny. I was able to talk like to a wrist him. Wrister. Something yep. like that. That well, it's good to hear that he'll be back because he's one of the guys we talk in the in the fake podcast. He yeah. made the fake podcast. Yeah, uh, it was him and um, Jack were guys that we you thought you might be leaning on a little bit this year. Who are talk about the, the yeah. squad you got coming back this year? Yeah, I think what's really cool about our team this year is is uh, you know we do have uh, some kids like Dahl and Jack and you know could list out a bunch of them. But what's really nice about this team is when we're looking at it of of we have legitimate three lines of forwards, nine kids that can really play, if not 10 or 11. And then we have four really good, four, five, six really good defensemen. So um, what, uh, what's been transpiring over the summer of when we were able to work with them of really seeing these guys come together as a team. Um, and it's more of by committee than like, hey, we're going to lean on the back of this one guy and he's right. going to go score 10 goals or whatever. Yeah. You know, so – um, that's what I'm really excited about, and and I think it's it, th- those are fun teams to coach where you look at it like you know we can we can rip through these guys and they can play and you know we can hopefully throughout the course of a game work teams down by just the fact that we have more kids that that can, can play that can play at a high level yeah um, and we have a big senior class this year which you know they've kind of taken their lumps through their high school career and it's like they've finally positioned themselves to you know I think to have some really nice success this year so. You know, this is your – I can't keep track as a COVID. Is this your fourth year or third year? This will be my third year. As third year, okay, coach. all right. Yep. So it's your team now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, year one and year two – year one for sure it's not your team because they were all Trent's guys, right? Year yep. two, the COVID year, it's crazy. Masks on hockey players, blah, 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 right? Yeah. I think this is kind of the first year where it's like, this is Jake's team. What's Jake's team mean versus – 
you know, coming into what's what's the identity of your team? You talked a little bit about it, but what is when you guys are cooking, when you guys are good, what does Jake's team look like? Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, having uh, guys like Timmy Conboy and and uh, Jeff Tafe and you know Isaac and Jake. I think the big thing is is especially name dropper there by the way. Yeah, that's but good. that's so Solid. that's my staff. I like it. You know, I like so, it. Uh, surround yourself with better people, right? That's, yep. that's yep. the whole name of the game. But uh, I think if you know if we're clicking on all cylinders, what people would see out of a team that that I coach is we're super disciplined. We play the game very very hard. And we start from our net and we work our way out. Sounds like you as a player. Yeah. It just But not as reckless though, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> not as yeah. I wasn't overly disciplined, maybe sometimes, but um but, but I, maybe you as a seventh year A player. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Not as a college player or first year A player, right? Yeah. But I think uh, you know, I think the the way the reason I say those things is it's really easy as a coach, and I've got I've, I'm guilty of this. Of like, you try to like, okay, this is how I'm going to coach hockey, right? Right. But at the end of the day, hockey is a very simple, basic sport. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Put in your system and implement it the best of your ability. You know, if you got all these trick plays and whatever, it's like defensive first, and then be really, really good on your special teams, and it's like that's you know now you get now you got something that you can work with. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, this but is. But if you're giving up three or four goals a game, and it's like, what's the point? What's the point? You know. So I agree. Uh, who do you have in the net this year? You had you've had your string of great goaltenders. You got a gopher now. Skyler Skyler yeah. better than last year, which is too bad. It, the, the whole COVID thing didn't allow for as much media coverage as she deserved. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. I mean, I think the fact that you know the the amount of success that she was able to have in, in boys high school hockey. Um, it was incredible in the fact that she didn't get, you know, the, the praise that was, that was one of the, the storylines, right? Like if we would have been able to beat Lakeville South last year and go to the state tournament, it would have been unbelievable. It would have been unreal. Right. Yeah. Um, it was just a weird, even the state tournament, the coverage was different. It was weird. It was just, it was almost like a, I won't say a, a bad note doesn't count, Yeah. but it's just Scott in a normal season, Skyler would have gotten much more, love for sure for sure and and she will you know oh just yeah knowing her she's gonna have a very good college career she's gonna be an olympian i mean those things just the way that she's driven as a person those things will happen in her life if you know as long as she can stay healthy and who who fills her skates uh so finn jocks will be our goalie okay. this year yeah yeah um so again you know we're we're blessed with these kids that uh that put a lot of time into what they're doing um you know, and Finn's Finn's just the same as as that. So so we're excited for him. He this is kind of his coming out party, right? Yeah. Like he hasn't got he played one varsity game last year, so or one or two or whatever. So this is kind of his chance to be like, this is my net, and you know, I yeah, wanna, I want to keep it. So that's always exciting as a coach too to uh, see a kid run with something like that. All right, this is a curveball question at the end. Um, you got a new coach at at Lakeville South. Yep. What happened at Lakeville South is is not normal. Yep. You know, normally with with what what they allege the parents and all that stuff. Is Lakeville with now Josh and I'm sure you know Josh. Yep. I think in all of my years of covering hockey or being involved in hockey here in the South Metro, growing up having kids in Bloomington, uh, I think this is the first year where we've had literally stable ground at both the programs are on stable ground 
Yeah. And I think I'm excited to see a, a, a true North versus South battles where there isn't all these recruiting this and this. And, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's going to be fun to watch you guys, both you and Josh, build a program. What's your relationship like with Josh? Yeah, it's been great. So we had an opportunity to um, – Do you agree with that statement? That's, this is now where there's I – mean, there's the minute Trent was there, let's – Let's yeah. be honest. I mean, people. There was immediately there was there was this, he was a lightning rod in Lakeville. You're not a lightning rod personality. I've met Josh. He's not a light. I mean, this seems like we have finally got it on stable ground. Yeah. Uh, well, what I would say, um, we have an interesting dynamic in Lakeville. Yes, for sure. Yes. <laughs> for sure. It's never <laughs> been what it is right now. I think yeah. I have a positive outlook. Yeah. So you know, from from squirts up to high school, there's always been. This very interesting. There's some people that are really dug in on both sides, and they just, it's like, you know, it's like talking religion or politics. Yes. It's like the exact same thing. Yes. And then you have people that are kind of able to cross enemy lines and, and, and be okay. But your boss? Uh, yeah. Chewy's a soft yeah. guy. That's yeah. a guy who can cross both ways, right? I exactly. Mean. And uh, amazing guy. I mean, top notch. But the, I think the thing with, like you said, right, like when I was coaching with Trent, right, the we were we were good and we had a lot of success, and so there's an easy kind of storyline there, right. right? And then you have uh, kind of what had been going on at South, and there's an easy storyline yes. there. And it's like people, again, they get super dug in on it and whatever, but what I'm excited about is that I'm hopeful that as a community we can get back to the understanding of, of what this is actually about. <laughs> you know? Amen. Amen. It's about the kids and the fact that we live in a town where we have two teams, so that's double the opportunity. Yep. Right? You get two times a year where you get to have these games that have more passion and more excitement than they would ever get to play if they're playing Egan or Burnsville or whatever. Correct. Right? So at the end of the day, it's a positive thing for our kids. And us as adults just need to remember that <laughs> that's what it's about is the kids that are playing in the games. Uh, my son was a Jefferson kid. The Kennedy-Jefferson game, it doesn't matter how good they are. The building is always packed, and it looks – and I, I, I did back-to-back. Like a Tuesday, I did a Lakeville North, Lakeville South, and then I went to his game on Thursday, Kennedy-Jefferson. I'm like – Man, these are the two best games that yeah. I'll see all month because yeah. there's just so much passion there. So the rivalry is real for you sure. Know? And now I think it's going to be even better. Yeah, and you know to uh, to answer your question about Josh, it, the nice thing is is that we we have been coaching against him for many many years. Being in Owatonna, yeah. we're in the same section, so there was some familiar familiar uh, ground there. Mm -hmm. um, but I I do think that you know he seems like he it, it wants to engage and that there's more of this kind of uh i don't want to say collaborative right because yeah like he's he's building his program i'm building mine but there is that space in the middle where it's like you know we can work together <laughs> to help each other's programs get better yeah you know yeah i um, knew that right away i did a pod with him uh, right when he got hired and i was like oh i know jake okay now we have some some adults some people who are, see the bigger picture not a win at all costs and i'm not yeah. saying that yanni was i'm not saying trent was i'm saying that people perceive that to be that yeah and i don't think either one of those guys yanni or trent uh, were that way but i just did there was just this that perception of that you know yeah and and What's uh, super important to take from that, too, is that having success is still very, very important. 
Yes. Right. And and there's been a lot of success in Lakeville, if you think about it. Look yeah. how great South has done in the state tournament. I know. And you guys obviously had a ton of success there, too. Yeah, it's because of because of where we've got hockey to in Lakeville, Section 1 isn't a isn't a walk-through team at the state tournament anymore. No. You know? It was. It was for a long, long it time. It was, right when you yeah. entered, about 2010. Yep. Again, going back to Jefferson, Jefferson was in the was the lake or the South Suburban. They would kill both of the South and North back in 08, 09, 10. Yep. And then it just finally turned. Yeah. You know? So I, and I think if you ask Josh the same thing, he would say that too, right? It's like the, the goal of the program for, for our Lakeville North program is to – is to focus on the individual kids for the point of we want to have these teams where, you know, as long as we're focusing on what we should be focusing on, they will, they will have success. They will compete for state tournaments. They will do this stuff. I mean, that's the goal of sports, right? Right. Yeah. So even with our Lakeville North, Lakeville South thing, like we can get along and kumbaya and all that. Yeah. But the hope for me, and I, I know Josh would say this is when it's time for North and South to play each other, we want to beat them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? I wasn't saying kumbaya. No, but but I think that's that's the important thing to understand is that it, all that stuff can happen. It can. Right? And I've watched our kids for years and years and years. They go to war against each other when they play, and then they go and have a hot dog after the game. Like they, yeah. They grow up in the same town. Yeah. You know? So I, I agree. It's you could have a whole podcast about life hockey. <laughs> you could, and I didn't mean to open up any can of worms, but I, that was the sense that I got. We talked about it on the pod, the real podcast, uh, yeah, about that dynamic. I think we finally have some people that are involved that they see the bigger picture, and it's yeah. good, good for Lakeville, good for the kids. It's awesome. It's yeah, it's a very positive thing for sure. Well, this has been a blast. Yeah, it's been a blast. An hour and twenty. I knew it might, yeah. we might go over. You got to get out of here. I got to get yeah. out of here and work on some other stuff. Uh, Jake, I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jake Taylor, Lakeville North head coach.